What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terence? Good old humor, man. Good old humor. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's a midweek episode. Um, mm. Apparently, October was the wettest October in 40 years. Yeah, yeah, it was. But you know how this, you know how it works, uh, when you point out that you just had the wettest month on record, then the next month turns out to be the hottest month on record. Uh. So <laughs> I don't dare to say because I don't want to jinx it. And then well, has it happened the hottest this year? November. <laughs> has it no, happened I mean, this you year? Know, it's just everything in general, weather patterns are just all Ooh, over the place fuck, now, yeah. right? Yeah, know? yeah. But I mean, I've been enjoying ju- the what? Literally what? It just rained and now like the sun is out again. I, I don't even can't even remember that it actually rained, you know. Oh, it rained at your place. Uh. Mine has just been teasing, yeah. uh, teasing. It's the overcast, cloudy. It's like my favorite. I love that mm-hmm. weather. I love what yeah, mine love already mine already did the peekaboo already. Came out. Oh, did the peekaboo yeah. already. Yeah. yeah. Well yeah, we're but into yeah, November, saying? man. We're into November. Yeah. Okay. No, praying for November rain, uh, right? Uh better November rain than I mean this one inevitably. Eh? November rain, December rain. Uh, just the wet weather plans for for the wedding and all. All I have to think about also. Oh yeah, you do outdoors, man. Your your wedding. There's a part it's of it that's outdoors, outdoors And then oh, just with transport, and then it just slows everything down and the mood also. I mean, it's nice to so so. Uh, I'm gonna use my mom's age old tactic of either turning over your frying pans, uh, mm. whenever it rains, or putting mm. uh one chili and one onion near your window. Oh, is that the is that the tactic? It's a, I guess, a tradition, lah. Tradition. What is it? A tactic? Oh, oh no, it's no, like oh, I, I, I was literally, yeah, I was going to li- literally ask you if there's any prayer or or special thing you're going to do. Like you know, army, they, they, there's always that joke of like you get a virgin to pee on a coconut or something like that. Then then there'll be no rain during the army, army exercise or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? So you select a virgin in your in your unit, lah, in your. Per- Oh, I love it. That's just a mean way of like singling out people <laughs> in your platoons, yeah. Already, yeah, or trying to <laughs> uncover the virgins in your platoon, uh, yeah. Get them to pee on a coconut. What something like that. Uh, pee on, like bury something and pee on it, and then after that there'll be good weather for so, next so, week or so. Oh, serious, uh? Okay, so on I mean, sorry, uh, uh, first week of December, can all the recruits on Takong please, if you're a virgin, please pee on the coconut every day. Uh yeah, just at some point you all can uh come up with a roster or something, the peeing coconut <laughs> roster. Uh to just the whole week. Till maybe like December twelfth, that would be great. Yeah. There'll be a lot of uh reports of dehydration <laughs> coming from Takong that week. You don't have any any uh, customs uh, that growing up and all your parents did or something? For rain? No, nothing nothing for rain. Is yeah. it? Nothing yeah. for rain. Uh. It might be a oh. cultural thing. It might be a cultural thing, as in uh, my family not not super religious, uh, from the or, or spiritual in that sense from the get go. Um, so this one, I don't know I whether mean, it's, I don't know about it's, you. Yeah. I don't know whether it's religious or not. I mean, my mom is religious. My dad wasn't mm. the most religious. I'm not the most religious. Mm. But I don't know whether it's yeah. is religion or just culture, because I don't think they are yeah, praying yeah. to the god of weather or anything, lah. Correct, but you could be a. I mean, you don't have to be religious, but you could be spiritual, like you believe that something you do, you know, will have an effect on. The environment and the world around you and karma and all that kind of stuff, like, right? Then overturn a frying pan doesn't sound like it came out in the days of spirituality, like two thousand <laughs> years ago or something. <laughs> maybe last time was not a frying pan, lah. Maybe some it was something else. And just that now we have frying pans, so we have no choice but to use frying pans. Maybe oh, last yeah, time you like, like, flipped the, firewood the clay or something. templates, uh, something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> you move the times uh, one day yeah. it'll be like you flipping you flip your iPad you flip your iPad so or your <laughs> Oculus uh, your Oculus yeah. right you turn on your VR program with all the like fucking 3 million frying pans um, yeah. all flipped all flipped yeah 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 man right. but yeah <laughs> that's November November mm. uh, our midweek podcast uh, got some interesting topics today uh, a bit more lighthearted, a bit more in- uh, yeah it's just fun uh, it's gonna be fun a bit more worldly, you know, things yeah, that people correct, around correct. the world are talking about, not just here on our small island of five million. Yeah, yeah, correct. But before that, uh, what's our mm. what's our plug, Terence? Uh, yes, I think the last episode we talked about 
uh, the potential of launching a Yalabad newsletter to, you know, give people the option who, who don't, you know, necessarily listen to every single episode of our podcast to also be still stay in touch with what we're talking about, certain things we we're doing. Uh, but one thing we wanted to do was to build this newsletter together with you guys. Mm. And that's why we've, we're sourcing for ideas for the newsletter on our Reddit. Uh, we've posted a thread there, literally asking for ideas of what you want to see in the newsletter. Uh, and, you know, I mean, uh, since we posted it, there have already been a few interesting comments. Uh, mm. Any any one comment that stuck out to you since? since? Uh, I mean, I just like, um, th- there were a the few that said they actually find value in our one-shock things or they find our one-shock things interesting, which is great mm. because sometimes when I go through my one-shock thing, I'm like, will anybody care about this? Um, mm. So so that was that was heartening. La. For mm, you? Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, just... Uh, but but kind of I, I kind of really know that you know a lot of people do DM us about our one shot things, mm. time to time. So I I know that people do see value in that. So uh yeah I mean I will challenge everyone to to you know give us even crazier ideas as well you know. Oh so someone did also uh, ask for stats on how many times I tell you to fuck off every episode. <laughs> I think that could be a <laughs> yeah this week uh, Harish told Terence to fuck off seven times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that but that'll be a running counter, like, right? A running counter. Yeah, it'll be a running counter. Then it can be mm. the total number of fucks given. You know, uh, the the counter, lah. Total fucks given counter. You mean or like total a fuck fucks given kind of counter? Yeah, total fuck like off given. Kind of yeah, mm. correct, correct. But yeah, but yeah, the link be. to the Reddit thread is in the show notes. Um, mm. if you are not on Reddit, just DM us on Instagram. We can post it on that newsletter on your behalf or whatnot. And yeah, we just wanna. Get as many ideas as possible, man, about what you want yeah. to see in uh, starting with like a weekly newsletter from Yalabat. That's right. Sweet. All right. Cool. All right. All right. Jump right, right. into it. Jump right yes. into it. So, um, what is yeah, this first, like you said, lighthearted topic that we're going to talk about? Yeah, it is uh, also steeped in the world of online content. Um, it is the acquisition of Twitter by Elon Musk and everything mm. he has done in these few short days. Um, October mm. 27th was when the deal was closed. Now we are November 2nd. Mm. So less than a week. And there's already a lot of stuff that has happened. Like. So we just wanted to unpack it. Uh, we have no idea how it's going to turn out. But it feels like, okay, if you've been seeing it in the news, wondering what the hell is going on, feeling like, oh, fuck, there's so much to think about, to read about, that I don't, I don't want to give a shit. Let us help you, man. Mm. And is there a timeline on one of your tabs on the seven seventy nine tabs that open on your of on your course, browser? man? <laughs> so, um, I mean, the reason why most people are aware of this buyout or at least rumblings of it was, uh, as early as um June thirty uh, first two thousand and twenty two, Elon Musk mm. started buying Twitter shares in bulk, um, and then mm. on April fourth, he acquired nine point two percent of Twitter stock for $2.64 billion, which made him the single largest shareholder. Um, mm. Then, you know, it affected the stock price and then Twitter invited him to join the company board, which he accepted. And then you started seeing more public uh, discussions between him and Parag Agrawal, who, is, who was the then CEO of Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. Then he also started tweeting more about Twitter, you know, running polls on his huge ass Twitter account, which right now I think is like $120 million or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, the around mid-April, he started uh, trying to to even get even more share. Um, but then mm. the board started pushing back. So on April fourteenth, like ten days after he acquired nine point two percent, he made an offer to purchase the company for forty three billion. Mm. Um, and to take it private because Twitter was on the stock exchange; it was listed. So by buying that at fifty four dollars twenty cents per share, uh, it would take it private like, and. Yeah. It was, like, in media, I mean, media was covering it. I think we talked about potentially covering it. I don't think we covered it because at that point in time, there was just a lot of rumors and hearsay. Mm. So, so mm. since then, I mean, April 15, the board came in and they started thinking about ways to push back against a potential hostile takeover by Twitter. Then the lawyers got involved. And then um, April 20th, Elon Musk said that he already got the money from a bunch of banks and, and investors and angel investors mm. and private equity firms, including like 20 billion uh, in cash equity from him, from him personally. 
Yeah. Then, yeah. Um, around May, he kind of like uh, uh, he 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 kind of like put close. I mean, uh, said that the deal is out. Uh, because he felt mm. he felt that Twitter, uh, the executive board was duping the public with all their fake accounts and all that. So mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, it was on July. So that was he, he announced his intention to terminate the acquisition. Then <laughs> in August, he challenged the CEO to a public debate on Twitter spam bot accounts, and that mm. went viral because they both had very different impressions of how much of Twitter is actually spam. The CEO mm-hmm. said less than five percent. Elon Musk said is a shitload more. Um, there was no public debate, and then all of a sudden, uh, October three third, um, after the board had kind of like started work on on uh, accepting a bid, uh, Elon Musk rejected it. Then he said, "Oh, okay, I will, I will go ahead, lah." So mm. basically, it went from him wanting to take over the board, saying "fuck off," um, him still pushing, then him saying no. Then the board doing their work and saying they will sue him of up to like one billion dollars in damages if he pulls out of the deal. And then now mm. here we are. He bought the company. Yeah. He closed the deal on October twenty seven, and now he's the CEO. Yeah, he's the main man, and uh, but he's, he's also taken. Man. He's also done certain things to both management and the board that that uh, uh, have have made the headlines as well, right? I mean, I yes. believe he's he's fired at least four of the top executives at the company. Including the mm. CEO, the CFO, uh, I think the the chief legal counsel yeah, as well. Correct. Um, you know, all, all all of whom I think are pretty um high profile. One of them, I think that the, the chief legal officer, she was once on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast as well, right? Mm. To try and explain Twitter's policy of uh, banning oh, that's uh, her. extremists. Yeah, yeah, that's her. That's her. So, so after, and she was, I mean, she had a really bad rep after appearing on the podcast because. She basically gave uh, non-committal answers or non-answers to everything, la. and a lot of people didn't enjoy didn't enjoy that that uh, that podcast. And uh, mm. yeah, so a, a lot of people, the comments, uh, you know, and the the buzz around her being fired, a lot of people were actually gloating about it, la, You know, um, mm. so so that's one one thing. And then he's also Elon Musk has also dissolved the the current board of Twitter, right? Uh, mm. the, apparently, it's the who's who of of Silicon Valley. Um, you know, you, you can look up. I think I'm not sure if you're familiar with any of the names. I, I'm not too familiar with them. But mm. right now, Elon Musk is the sole, uh, the sole person on the board, lah, Which I think uh, eventually he will change the board and, and put on other people. But right now, he's the head honcho just running everything. Mm, mm, mm. And uh, yeah. I mean, like uh, he apparently in private he has already hired a new CEO. Uh, but for now, mm. he's CEO, which is ridiculous given that he's the CEO of four other companies. Yeah, and, big companies uh, as well. And they're big-ass companies. There's Tesla, there's SpaceX, there's the Boring Company, uh, which mm. is the Underground Tunnels, and Neuralink, which is his AI mm. uh, organization. It's fucking crazy. And then, I mean, like, were you, you know, after the whole uh, Rumorville kind of died down, Yeah. if you had, if you had to... Give your thoughts on whether this takeover would go on. What would mm. you have said? Uh? Uh, I think there was a very public... Uh, I mean, like, Twitter's... The company literally sued him, right? Sued him because he, they were, they yeah. didn't, want him, he, they didn't want him to yeah. renege on the, on the deal. Uh. So there was actually a very... Um, and then I think certain, certain chats and... and, and and uh, DMs were subpoenaed, like, right, as part of that, that mm. process. And you saw that there were a lot of uh, rich people, the who's who of, of Silicon Valley, the who's who of uh, tech money in, in America who DM'd Elon Musk in their support of his uh, takeover of Twitter. Like, even, I think even Joe Rogan was like, had texted him personally and, and like, said mm. that he really hopes that he, he, he buys over Twitter. Like. So you can tell that... <clears throat> Um, even if on on paper Elon Musk was saying he didn't want to buy the company, there seemed to be a lot of uh, support from his friends, uh, right? His his uh the the rest of the big money people in yeah. Silicon Valley for him to take over the company for whatever reasons, uh, right? You know, the fact yeah. that if, if whether they hate they hate the current management or the current policies on on uh you know banning hate speech and all that. Uh, to mm. you know whether they think that he would do a better job running it as a business, uh. so 
in spite of whatever Elon was doing or saying in public about Twitter, uh, there seemed to be this uh, momentum still carrying the whole thing forward, lah, I would say. And and, mm. and and at no point did anybody say, okay, the deal's completely off this. Just cause he's just cause he's challenging, you know, uh the Twitter CEO to, you know, talking about the bots and all that. Uh, it means that it's he's he's not interested in the deal anymore. In fact, if anything, it might have been part of his negotiation tactics to try and to try and bring down the price, lah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So 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 I mean, if if you ask me, I think it dropped off so much that uh like I I wasn't thinking this was going to happen. I thought this is just going to be another high power squabble that's going to be settled out of court. Mm. Um, yeah, but but for it, that's why the I was damn shocked when he actually took over and he also, he's damn cheeky. La. On the day he took over, do you see the video of him in, at the Twitter yeah. HQ? Yeah. He walked in with a, a sink, like S-I-N-K, mm. and the tweet, the tweet was, let that sink in. Yeah. So, yeah. so since then, he's kind of been, been still carrying on his trolling and I mean, it's interesting to watch what has happened after that because there was apparently an increase of five hundred times uh, in uh, for the uh, for the usage of the N word on Twitter. Mm, but mm, apparently, mm. research also showed that um, that was mainly because it was a part of a concerted effort to kind of just uh, like show how no censorship on Twitter will be a problem like, because there's a segment of the internet mm. segment of Twitter users who are fucking pissed off that Elon Musk mm. is now the owner. Um, yeah. Because a big part for him is like, you know, he doesn't believe anyone should be given life bans. He does mm. believe in free speech uh, to the extent that is it replicates what we experience in day-to-day life. Like the online mm. shouldn't be any different. Um, mm-hmm. So there was that movement. There were calls from, I think, some of the more online activists saying that they apparently did this to Tumblr or like they brought Tumblr down after it was acquired. Tumblr was this huge blogging site and in 2013, it got acquired by Yahoo and apparently all the mm. users like fucking max, max, mass exodus and it died a slow death. La. So mm. that hasn't mm. happened. In fact, there's a lot of people who are happy about this. Um, I think generally the conservatives, the conservative mm. party who had, tend to be uh, censored, they are happy. Uh, Elon, I mean, why I find it so interesting is because Elon Musk's inner circle, like what you said, right? The inner circle... It's like this next level stratosphere of of people who are that powerful. Mm, um, mm. And there is actually the 151-page report uh, with all the message correspondence between Elon Musk and all this inner circle that was released as part of the court case be- between Elon Musk and Twitter. La. Then just yeah. scanning through it, I mean, you look at the text, it really feels like it's just two friends, you know, like, like you mm. and I, you know, talk like, about work stuff, you know, on message. Yeah. But yeah. this is like concerning billions of dollars and it just feels like, wow, fuck, like to buy Twitter over that overnight. So I'm actually very excited to see what happens. Mm, mm. Like one of the things uh, I you think... see what happens as in with you Twitter. think that it will go in an interesting direction? Like yeah, Twitter will be a better place? I don't know whether it will be a better place, but partly because I am a consumer of Twitter, of tweets, but I don't mm. uh, tweet yet lah. Even though that's mm. one of the things that I've been wanting to start doing, especially, you know, we, are, we have our audio startup for Clary and a big mm. part of the startup community is on Twitter. La. So mm. I wanted to, but why I'm interested is because, you know, previously when we were on YouTube, on uh, Facebook, you know, whenever the platforms have like a seismic change, it really does affect us. Mm. Mm. Whereas this one is more like a spectator. Like one of the latest things that got announced today, apparently he, yeah, did you hear about his payment plan for, for Blue Ticks? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So he wants to institute this thing where if you are a verified Twitter user with a blue tick, you mm. have to pay them to keep to the blue tick. It, no? Yeah. <laughs> like every month for eight dollars. Eight dollars yeah. US. So yeah. essentially yeah. he's he's pitching a, a subscription model, uh, right, for for Twitter. Um yeah. that, that so that is uh you know, previously I think advertising dollars were a very big part. I mean it's a huge part of Twitter's revenue. I think it's it's close to like eighty or ninety percent or something like that. Mm. So to to I think he has publicly said that before that he wants to make like subscription revenue up to fifty percent of Twitter's mm. revenue la, Which if you think about it, that's uh, I mean that's a lot of work to do that right to get it to that stage. So yeah, I mean we'll, it, it, he just it's just literally announced today. So I'm not sure like how the internet is taking it yet la. I think a lot of people are damn pissed off. Apparently earlier this year, uh, earlier this mm. week. 
he kind of floated the subscription idea saying that it could cost up to $20 a month. And Stephen King, you know Stephen King, mm. the writer? Mm. He tweeted back saying, you know, fuck that. Uh, Twitter should be paying me. Why the fuck do I pay them? And then yeah. Elon uh, replied saying, oh, uh, like, uh, um, what about $8 or something or some amount. So, like this kind of announcement is really like a, a big change from all the content platforms out there. Like, you know, YouTube, Facebook, mm. Instagram, they're all powered by ads. So if yeah. he's trying something different, and it's not affecting me. I'm just gonna enjoy the watch, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean the like like what like what you're saying earlier that there are some people who are very excited about this, lah. And because I think Twitter has has generally built um uh, an image or a reputation for being uh more left leaning, more liberal uh than uh you know than conservative, lah. Right. So mm. uh, a lot of uh what people what people f- what a lot of people think is that uh, more conservative voices have been silenced on Twitter, lah. If not by, if not literally being banned, like how Donald Trump was banned, but then then is by being uh, a bullied off Twitter, lah. You know, yeah, by yeah. by more liberal left leaning uh, commentators or tweeters, uh, tw- tweet tweeters, tweeters. <laughs> that tells, yeah, Twitter, that tells you how tweeters, little yeah. is it. Yeah. Tweeters. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I I think Elon Musk has has referenced Twitter Twitter as like the town square where mm. people should be allowed to to say what they think without repercussion. Um, but the reality of it is that it's uh, you know that you, if you really just let the internet be the internet, lah, right? Uh, it could end up becoming you know a, a real a real cesspool of where not everybody will want to participate, lah, right? Yeah, and it ends up being one person shouting louder than the other. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like like you like I'm quite uh I'm not invested at all in the platform as a user or, or creator or anything, but I am interested to see where this goes like, because like uh, compared to like uh the other social media platforms where it's algorithm driven and they always tell you that you know there's nobody. Nobody's calling the shots about who gets banned or whatever. It's just the algorithm thing or terms of service thing, right? Mm. You're literally seeing, you know, we, we talk about the build in public movement where you build a you build your startup or your or your app in, in public and post about it. You're literally seeing Elon Musk uh you know running polls. Like I think he put out a poll asking whether he should revive Vine. Mm. Remember the micro yeah. the micro uh, video six site? second, yeah. Six yeah, second the videos. six second videos that made uh, Logan Paul famous. He was. He just put a poll out there whether he should revive Vine, and I think seventy percent of respondents said yes, he should. So, I mean, he's he's resurrecting all these old dead ideas, uh, from no from the past, yeah. uh, So it's it's just kind of crazy to watch all this unfolding in front of us now, especially for for, I mean, Twitter is one of the big social media platforms, right? So you can't imagine it literally. I mean, try to imagine Mark Zuckerberg saying, "Hey guys, should I, you know." Try uh build try revive Farmville for Facebook again and things like that, lah, right? Yeah. yeah. He, he's not doing that. He's just Mark Zuckerberg's like, oh, you know, yeah, Facebook is fantastic, it's great, and now we're building metaverse and all that. You'll never catch him like actually asking the public what what they want for for Facebook. Lah. So it's just yeah. kind of crazy watching all this. Lah. I mean what some of the interesting things that he is proposing is say the algorithm, right? You know, you mentioned the algorithm. It's mm. true, no, like for anyone listening, if you're a consumer of content, uh, you consume the content, but if you create content on Facebook or YouTube, the algorithm is this fucking black box where mm. sometimes if you try and guess, oh, what sort of video should I make? Should I do this? You have no idea, right? Mm. Because sometimes you think this video might do well, it doesn't do well, and it's all because of the algorithm. You ask the platforms themselves and they say, yeah, you know, there's so much machine learning and artificial intelligence that no one person knows entirely how the algorithm works. Sounds like a cop-out, yeah. But one thing Elon Musk wants to do is make the code for Twitter's algorithm open source. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it won't be for like people like me to understand because I won't understand shit. But it's for yeah. people who have access to the code to always yeah. be able to understand why tweets are showing up that way, like, which I think is pretty damn cool. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like the That's first right. social media platform to be that open to um to their code. Like. Um, yeah. But then it's also like, like the repercussions or whatever he's suggesting. Because let's say that the Twitter, the subscription thing, right? Um, mm. One one big pushback from the internet is that the blue tick actually helps a lot of like political journalists in 
the less developed countries um, mm. be safe, lah. You know, um, mm. I think mm. some of the journalists themselves have been posting articles of uh, how they went to jail, but were kind of saved because they 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 could prove their identity online, lah. So if they have to pay eight dollars a month, it's gonna be tough, lah, right? Mm. So then mm. it just becomes what like everything he's suggesting, which is which is cool. Um, there's a lot of repercussions, lah. Yeah. Um. And I think one of the interesting things, I, I did listen to this podcast from the New York Times called Hard Fork, and they did an emergency podcast just to discuss about Elon Musk owning Twitter, you know? Mm. Um, and one of the things that, that they, they did point out that, I, you know, escaped my mind was that, remember how 10 years ago, Twitter and social media was seen as like uh, the voice for the people on the ground. It was like, it was leading revolutions across the Middle East. It was helping people escape uh, dictator regimes and all that, lah, right? Mm, um, mm, that was just about 10 years ago. Not that long ago in, in you know, history of man, humankind or anything. Yeah. But now, 10 years later, we literally have a billion a billionaire uh, walking into the headquarters of Twitter, having bought it in the largest, one of the largest leveraged buyouts in history, coming in with a dead joke, carrying a sink, right? You know? Mm. And almost treating it like a joke like that, lah, right? And, and just buying over it and just like, crowdsourcing what to do with it and all. And it's just, it's no longer that that voice of the people. It's just become a billionaire's plaything already. La. So, mm. so that's such a big change from what the the public image of uh, social media was 10 years ago. And uh, yeah, we, now we're, we're really seeing it come full circle. Uh, you know, the, the tech yeah. bros created the thing. It was marketed as a thing for the people, but now the tech bros are taking it back. La. No, but actually, that's, that's the dark side of all this, right? Because, I mean, mm. yeah, like what you said, ultimately, it just means that, you know, you always hear money moves the world. With money, you can mm. do anything, you know. Um, yeah. Literally, this guy, like, this guy walked in and bought the fucking one of the biggest companies in the world that yeah. he now is the CEO of, mm. right? Mm. And while... And you yeah, don't know what he's going to do with it. You have no idea. Yeah, you have like, no idea. It doesn't seem like there's one big coherent plan that he's moving ahead with. Uh. Yeah, and, and if it's a private company, there's a lot less that he needs to declare. Mm, so then mm, it becomes yeah. a scary thing. Because like, yeah, mm. I'm excited for what's going to change, you know, that's assuming that he's not like a sociopath, la, right? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> if someone with that much money and you look at how uh, the wealth divide is never going to get closer, the rich are only going to get richer, mm. it just means that, yeah, if you have that much money, if you have your inner circle, made up of people who also have a shit ton of money, mm. you can do these kind of things, uh, right? Like, if we were big yeah. on Twitter, if we had big followings on Twitter with blue ticks, you know, I'll be like, fuck this, man. Mm. What? Mm. How does this make sense, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's the that's the flip side to it, like, the, the, the fact that people who are as powerful as Elon Musk can literally mm. do anything they want. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, all, as, the, as the users of Twitter are trying to grapple with it, the the truth is they don't really know 100% yet, right? What is the future of Twitter? Um, so I, I'm sure some people are also, they're not so, uh, they're not so, oh, I hate, I hate this or I like this. I love this so much. They're kind of in the middle, just kind of waiting to see what, what Elon Musk is going to do. Like, is it really going to make Twitter a better or worse platform, right? They're not decided yeah, about yeah. it. Uh, but one, I think one thing that, that um, has been, you know, a lot of you, you've read a lot about it. You can read a lot about it. Is that the, I think a lot of Twitter employees are, aren't happy with it, like, right? Mm. Um, and there was, a, I think there was a lot of chatter uh, after the acquisition was first announced in April. That a lot of Twitter employees uh, have, you know, quit their jobs or walked away from the company. And apparently, I mean, uh, word on the street is that um, there's going to be up to 25% of the workforce is going to be laid off as well. Mm. Uh, you know, it was there were rumors that it would take place before November because apparently first November was a was a big day for the vesting of shares for a lot of employees or something like that. But mm. uh, I think it didn't happen. But it's still it's still out there that yeah, up to a quarter of the workforce is going to get laid off, la. So yeah, I mean that it's not just the uh, the users, but even the employees there who who are very you know di- uh, not say divided la, but they're definitely anxious about the future of Twitter, la. Yeah, and I mean. Like, uh, I think I've heard rumors also that Elon Musk has, was, has reportedly said it might be up to 75% people laid off. Wow. Um, and then even earlier this year, the employees were kind of saying, you imagine your CEO and your executive committee, your board of directors are distracted by this one thing, right? Um, mm. From accounts of employees from the company, it has been like a ridiculous past few months, right? Mm. And then now they are doing this, this dance of, 
whether they should leave or wait to be asked to leave then because it comes with mm. severance especially if you're very senior right like yeah. Pa- yeah. para agrawal i think is going to get like 50 million in severance or something he's the ceo mm. yeah so so it's it's just interesting and like it feels like this like twitter for a while was always almost in a back burner it was never at the forefront of a lot of things but then now it's taking center stage um mm. but just a note on why like the open source algorithm and all can make sense because like um speaking of algorithm right i'm looking at a straight times website and i just noticed that above mm. the title Elon Musk announces $11 monthly charge for verified Twitter accounts. Uh mm. the article that is shown to me as a preview above that is former actress Jacqueline Tate doesn't need a man to take care of her or for sex. <laughs> Why the fuck would I give a shit about that sort of article if I'm reading an article about Elon Musk? Um <laughs> that being said, I am definitely going to click on it <laughs> because mm-hmm. yeah, so I know I'm going to be the problem. Yeah, 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 just sex yeah. in the headline people click. But yeah, um, that's a that's a, I don't know how the matching because it literally says you may like this article or maybe Straits Times know me knows me that well knowing that if I'm reading about Elon Musk on Twitter I will still click on an article uh that is titled Jacqueline Day doesn't need a man to take her care of her or her or for sex lah. Yeah. So yeah, that, the algorithm is uh, a scary thing. The algorithm is scary. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Shows you your inner deepest desires without you even realizing it, lah. But uh, I, yeah, I think yeah, uh, exactly. one interesting, I guess, uh, the the yeah the the reason why we are talking about it now is because now that the acquisition has gone through, that's I think that's a big uh, end of a chapter, lah. Right, you know the uncertainty, and uh, yeah, I think now us talking about it just kind of we're just kind of taking stock of of where things are at, lah. But maybe when we listen to this in a year's time, we'll be laughing because like. <laughs> Yeah, Twitter may have gone in some crazy direction that we might not you have foreseen. Uh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, yeah, uh, and and we anytime there's something that's polarizing, you we will we will think about talking about it, lah. Yeah, because yeah. why not, man? Mm. Why not? But uh, yeah, but also speaking about uh, you know, big corporations and 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 the kind of uh, clearing out the house, you know. And letting mm. that sink in and everything, like right. Uh, mm. Our next story is also about a very big corporation that is that is trying very hard to to maintain its image in the public eye, like, But by doing something that uh, you know might not be very popular. And what is this story mm. about? This story is about um, the creator of an indie survival game uh, and of the game mm. itself, like, uh, That is called the store is closed. So mm. it is an indie game because it's yeah developed by an individual, not like a big gaming company or something. And it's just about a uh, a first person view of someone who gets locked in a f- big furniture store, uh, after mm. office hours mm. lah. Yeah. So and you go around and the employees turn into zombies. Um, and it's a big mm. furniture store and the employees are all wearing like yellow striped, uh, tops lah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the reason why it made the news is because. Uh, IKEA, they actually sent the developer a cease and desist letter, uh, asking mm. the him to take it down, lah. Yeah. To change parts. Claimed, to change parts of his game. Yeah. Yeah, they've claimed that the design of the store, from the from the exterior to the to the uniforms of the staff to to even the posters and the furniture within the game, uh, are too similar to to IKEA's own uh. You know, IKEA's own branding, lah. So they, they are they, they have sent a cease and desist letter to this. I think the game's not even out or anything. It's still in Kickstarter, in Kickstarter mode, yeah, right? Correct, right. And then yeah. it's it's trying to. I think it's raised over, um, from what I'm seeing now, which I, and just in loading, it has raised over, how much on Kickstarter? Uh, oh dun, damn! Dun, dun, how do you pull? Are you able to, oh, it raised over forty nine thousand. No. Oh, forty nine thousand. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, forty nine thousand. Oh, yeah. More than more than crossed its. More, oh, yeah. I know. Now I'm looking at this ninety nine thousand five hundred ninety six Singapore dollars already. Oh, probably because so of the news, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try to because of the news. In effect again, but yeah, I mean the. Yeah. I think the 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 big question here is um, uh, does does uh does Akira have a have a real uh have a real point here, like, you know, in saying that this 
making this horror game within the store is a not only a violation of copyright, but could also hurt their reputation. I'm assuming that's that's the angle that from which they're coming from, because it's a it's not a nice game where you walk around a nice furniture store or anything. It's it's a survival horror game, right? And yeah. I think there's elements of like using a using a hammer to hit to hit the zombies and things like that, lah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, what what do you think of 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 this when you first heard the story? I mean, I watched the trailer of the game, and it looks hmm. so fun, man. <laughs> because <laughs> it really does look like IKEA, even though there's no mention of it. Um, and hmm. I would imagine that even the developer himself saw it. First thing came to mind is IKEA, but he didn't mention it anywhere. But if you look at the uniform, the layout, even the signs, they apparently say Swedish hmm. meat now seventy nine percent flesh. Or, yeah. or something like that. La. So the reason why I say it looks so fun is because anyone who's gone to IKEA, uh, I'm sure you've had that thought, oh, it'd be nice to kind of spend mm. the night here. You know, mm. just log mm. and like, you have so many rooms, it's like a huge mansion that you can live in. It'd be so fun. And I think mm. IKEA has mm. had stay overnights uh, overseas in, in some of the outlets. Yeah. But yeah. This one is when, uh, it's a survival horror game. La, so you need to build a fort and all. So, yeah. Yeah, well, what about you? Uh? Um, I think that the, the interesting thing is that we we don't exactly know. Uh, I mean, it's just a cease and desist letter, la, and and without going into legal parlance of it, it doesn't mean that they've actually sued uh the the indie developer yet, la, right? They've threatened. Mm. It's basically a lawyer's letter that's written to threaten uh legal action, la, right? And yeah. and laying yeah. out like why why they think that it's not right, and I think they've given. Uh, they've given him like ten days or something like that to 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 do something about it, like Whether it's to change the the game layout or or um, take down the game entirely. So the I think the big question is, yeah, like will IKEA go forward to to take legal action, like Assuming that the guy doesn't doesn't stop, because it seems like he's more than funded the game already, and maybe yeah. some of this fund can go towards uh, legal expenses as well. But it's yeah. just um is it in IKEA's interest to pursue this like because uh you, you again like you know all the in the last month I think we talked a lot about the Streisand effect. Like, the more they try and uh suppress the game, the more people will, will hear about it, the more the articles will be written about it, and the more the game will be funded, like because I think it's got fifty five hours to go to be funded. So <laughs> yeah, if anything, this is the best publicity that it could ask for in terms of this funding campaign. Like. So yeah. yeah, I mean, if you were if you were the uh, IKEA legal team and everything, like what would your what what do you think the the plan of action should be, la? The IKEA legal team, yeah, um, yeah. I think settle out of court, uh. <laughs> Out of court, that means that <laughs> means still still threaten some kind of legal action, la, Right? I mean, because the thing is, like, okay, so the developer's defense is that he bought like these generic furniture packs, la, Um mm, And he right. he wasn't aware that it looked that alike. Um, and mm. even the name of the store, which is written on the outside of this huge building that really does look like an IKEA building, is S-T-Y-R. Mm. La. Mm. Um, I'm right. assuming that's Steyr or something, la, right? Apparently, it's the initials of the farm that the developer grew up on or something. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, Got it. So, I think well, the, the legal team, I think they, they can't just back off. Um mm. I think they need to pursue it, but oh, if this becomes public, right, is the best thing for the developer because now, as an indie developer, the one thing you want is publicity, like, right? You want people to know yeah. you and he's yeah. clearly a creative guy. Um, yeah. And apparently, he's only planning to launch it in 2024. So, some one of the mm. defense is like, we, you can clearly change it ahead of that leader because you're it's not even in, in operation yet. Mm, mm, mm. So, correct, I would correct. say they have to settle out a call, la, but what about you, uh yeah, I think that to add to that as well, there's the whole David versus Goliath story going on, right? We're yeah. talking about really a solo indie indie developer. It's, it's just a one man band kind of thing, and 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 he's just doing something that he thinks is cool, is funny, and all. And that suddenly a big corporation swoops in and and wants to shut it down and and everything, like right? Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean that there's there's a lot of PR bad PR that could arise out of this for IKEA. That might not even be worth. Uh, well, I mean, the game we've just left alone is is might not even it might not even make a dent uh, in the gaming industry, like People might not even hear of it, like, Right when it, like when 
when it's released in 2024, which is still a long time from now, right? Mm. Uh, but the more they dig this hole, the more they, you know, try to, you know, really press down with their thumbs on onto this small indie developer. I think there's you could he could even set up a whole legal defense fund on Kickstarter, and I yeah, think people yeah, will contribute to that just to give a big middle finger to a big corporation, right? Yeah. So it's just a. Uh, yeah, if I was the, you know, straddling between the PR side versus the, and the legal side of things, I'd be like, is it really worth that, like, that, that bad PR and having to clean up that PR and then, and all that? Even, even if you think like it's a small gaming community or what, it's still something that you have to handle as a PR in, in your PR team, like, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it might not be, it might not even be worth that trouble. So this way, like, set, settle out of quarter. Um, and, yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, like, uh, like what you said, right? They are a huge company. Apparently, their revenue last year was twenty five point four billion. And maybe mm. how they can get the court, uh, I mean, it's settled out of court. Is, uh, I mean, court aside, you just invite him for a meeting at one of your IKEA stores and then lock him in, mm. mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. Or, but but or, just to the technicalities, when you mean settled out of court, you mean you're thinking that for him to pay IKEA for oh, use? Oh no, no 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 no! I think I think this is one of those things that mm. if they push, he has all the means to push back. And mm. if he's smart, if he's savvy, he can spin it a lot to his benefit and mm. like what you say, like cause a PR nightmare for IKEA. So at you're, this you're point, not, right? not even going to court in the first place, like, that's what you're advocating. For IKEA, for Ikea is it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think they, the moment they go to court, chala already. Mm. Chala. Yeah. yeah. Inviting right, a lot of bad press, they're inviting a lot of, uh, it's a, I mean, it's very hard to win this PR battle because people are going to be like, well, what's wrong with this? It's just a joke. It's a parody. Why are you taking it so seriously? Because, you know, IKEA marketing, they've always been quite uh, quite cheeky, like, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. In right. general, like for, for, for uh, the branding and everything, they've always been quite cheeky, quite uh, in tune with, uh, with pop culture and stuff going on. Like, I remember when, when uh, you know, when, when there was the whole fashion thing, I think Balenciaga or something did a bag that looked eerily similar to the blue, the blue uh, recyclable bags that IKEA sells as well and then mm. they made a whole hoo-ha about it you know um, yeah it's so to me it's like for them to suddenly get so so uh, so serious and so so uh, and want to sue for something like this Kickstarter indie developer game it just seems very um, uh, out of sync with the image as a fun you know a bit a bit dorky kind of company as well la. yeah yeah exactly so I think this is where they need to be smart. Like the cease and desist, okay lah, they, they issue it there. But what, the next few steps are, they, they have to be careful lah because it's one of those things that could spiral and like what you said, the Streisand effect lah. And honestly, mm. if they have to settle out of court and pay a bit right, or maybe buy the game from him, right? I mm. would say they have to lah. You mean just buy it, buy it, buy it and buy shut it down? <laughs> buy it, shut it down. <laughs> Yeah, buy over his company, you know. <laughs> yeah, because at that level of like, uh, I mean, sometimes companies get acquired just because they want to shut down a competitor or something, right? Mm. Of course, that you can't lah, because then if other developers find find out, oh shit, there's a tactic that works at the upper mm. echelons of like corporates, they just start doing all these games that look like whatever companies lah, and then yeah. they have more like uh, optimism to get it bought lah. But it's just mm. something that I think the legal team also is like, maybe they don't even give a shit. Maybe they are mm. like, you know, fuck this. Uh, they don't give a shit. And uh, yeah, it, it's just, um, that's what it was fun to talk about. Uh. But mm, would you play yeah. the game? Would you play the game? Uh, if I had access to it, yeah, I, I think I would at least try it out just to see what it's about. Um, but but that's it. I, I think it's interesting to note how, I don't think this is the first time something like that has happened where a large corporation, you know, takes offense at, at uh you know, a small creator or, or what, uh, you know, making fun or parodying its, its products and things like that, lah, right? Mm. Um, I think an example that a lot of people uh, have been raising is like how Nintendo, for example, when Nintendo, uh, you know, the, the Nintendo Switch the, uh, console maker, when they, you know, they've always clamped down on people um, making YouTube videos from footage of their, of their games, lah. Uh, and mm. they've climbed down very hard. So a lot of content creators literally have been had videos uh, struck down or taken down because Nintendo claimed copyright infringements and all that. Yeah. And uh, for a long time, I think people were very unhappy with that. And it just gave Nintendo this very, um, this rep is very uptight, uptight company and all that, right? Yeah. Uh, but 
That's in this true, case, yeah. yeah, in this case, maybe because it's IKEA, and because a lot of people have always felt like IKEA is such a happy-go-lucky, you know, it's kind of dorky, kind of goofy kind of place that that you know makes enormous profits, but but also is for the people, right? You know, because the the furniture is meant to be very low-cost furniture for 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 uh, young families and 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 and. And people, any who aspire to build a, a home like with very modest means, uh, that's where mm. they feel that it's it's now now IKEA is betraying that image it used to have by being this big corporate giant, uh, And maybe that's why that's what's also driving people to react a lot more strong strongly to something like this than compared to how they react to Nintendo screwing, uh, you know, content creators, uh, Right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Because I'm trying yeah, to understand I why, yeah. yeah, why, why, why is this such a big piece of news compared to? you know, things that have happened before. Because this is definitely not the first time this kind of thing has happened. Uh. Yeah. But I, I remember the Nintendo thing. I think maybe we also talked about it. And and it's just one of those things in social media and this day and age where brands need to be just cognizant. Uh. They need to be cognizant of mm. the repercussions. Like the fact that we're talking about this is yeah. again, Streisand effect to the max. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And yeah, uh, man. Yeah, I think uh, someone also did point out like, like IKEA also Sometimes when they do, you know, the the in-store displays and then yeah. when they show like the, the kids' room or something like that, they also use, you know, video game art uh in their in their box in the in the boxes, in the in the mock-ups, lah, right? Mm. Uh and they, they parody certain video games and things like that. Um I, I think I vaguely remember something like that. I probably have to look it up to verify, but I vaguely remember them, yeah, lah, doing uh, mock video game art on all these uh, you know boxes and all that they put in this install displays la. so mm. people are saying hey, if Ikea is doing that to sell its furniture why is it uh, taking a shit on someone doing the reverse la, to, to to build a game that is based on that or, or loosely inspired by Ikea la, right so, so if you had to choose one company to build a game about in the hopes of them buying your game right which company would you choose uh? In the hopes of them buying the game. Yeah, like let's say this one, like you are thinking, okay, let's say you're a developer, you can develop a game knowing that there is a path to it getting some traction to the point where the brand will be like, fuck this guy, Terrence, he's making a game that could affect our brand. Let's just buy his game. Which company uh, would you do that for? Which company I would do that for? Hmm. That's an which interesting brand question. is annoying? Uh? Yeah, which, which brand, brand are annoying? you thinking of? Uh, I mean, I personally like IKEA, la, but it would probably mm. be one of the the brands that that to me, I don't know, just don't make sense. Like uh, you know, the upper echelon brands, la, which is like the most expensive brand or something. Like, is I mean, is Gucci? You're talking brand, about luxury luxury brands. Luxury uh? brands are luxury brands. Hmm. Uh? Mm. Because like uh, IKEA, I mean, I I'm a fan of IKEA, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe to me right now, Meta. Meta, meta, oh, is meta. A, is a com- Dude, yeah, Meta won't this- need to buy you out. La. They will fuck you up in other ways. La. They'll fuck you up in other ways. We, we, we all know Meta and, and it's just, uh, it's, it's really quite awe-inspiring but also creepy the, the, the things that they're able to do now. Mm. In a sense that, yeah, la, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is just pouring an insane amount of money into this thing called the Metaverse that, we're all, that is supposed to be our future. Although mm. we don't really we don't really see it yet, like, right? Mm. Uh and there's just so many and then the moment anyone raises any privacy or whatever concerns there, like, oh my god, yeah, we didn't think about that. That you know, in the metaverse you could still, you know, you could be, you know, molested and fondled in the metaverse. You know, we had no idea that this good thing could happen. And it it mm. literally did happen, like, you know. So yeah. there's just this whole play, there's like this a lot every time I watch a meta video, I feel like it's almost like watching a, a parody of like Watching some Hollywood movie where the super villain is is making a video and it's meant to be a joke, right? Mm. I mean, you've seen have you seen the meta videos where Zuckerberg is like you know walking around doing his thing and trying to convince everyone that the metaverse is the future? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, no, no, really, no, I haven't seen. I've seen. I've seen videos yeah. of like that. That was from not recently, like a year ago or something. Is it? No, no. The quest when the quest pro when the quest oh, pro when was, the quest uh, pro came out. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, released, I haven't yeah. seen that. It just had this uh super villain vibe to it, like, and then coupled with the how he appeared on Joe Rogan's podcast and, you know, trying to defend all his actions. And then after that, he, you know, he booked out an entire UFC event just for himself and his friends to 
to just like sit there and watch uh sit there and watch the fights by themselves. It's just this whole super super villain thing going super on. Super villain thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so if anything, like if someone was like, okay, they go in the meta office and they uncover this crazy social social media driven uh horror game. paradise, la, that would be mm. interesting to me. La. Yeah. Yeah. That's a game by itself already. Hey, we we just pitched the game, you know? Anybody who wants to give us money to build it, let's let's which do is it, what, <laughs> which is what, which is what, like the like Facebook like the, the metaverse, yeah. Met, you you go inside there and it's a horror metaverse la, rather than the horror. Oh, the utopia Facebook that, office la. The Facebook yeah, yeah, office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, rather than the horror utopia, and every, all the zombies all coming wearing headsets la, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, zombies yeah. with headsets. Zombies yeah. with fucking headsets. Wow, yeah. and, be and the they next. are yeah they are watching they are hunting you as if they are living in some kind of. Utopia la. Well, so what you're seeing AR. in real. Yeah, 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 it's AR. AR. Yeah. Yeah, AR. Yeah. So it's like reverse. You're reversing the, the whole thing. When the zombies think that they are the good guys. And we are the are, zombies. Yeah, we are the zombies <laughs> and vice versa. La, right, you know. That's kind of crazy. Oh right? my God. That is a messed up shit, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, back, yeah. Back us if you want. We'll put that on Kickstarter at some point. And then yeah, you can exactly. back it. And then Meta will buy us out. La. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, man. But cool. But cool. There's no way cool, you haven't cool. answered. Yeah, what what company? Oh, what, what kind um, of uh, office or I company would, would you? I would just say I don't know Balenciaga, 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 and it's oh, yeah. nothing to do with the ethics of the company. It's just to me those companies would, if you're going to make a game which is set mm. in the tech world, you want to, uh, do it for a company that maybe won't know how to deal with it. Uh, if I mm. choose Facebook, right, they will fuck me up in so many ways. But a luxury mm. brand, I assume. Uh, which is, you know, traditionally like physical products and all. There's an online thing. It might just be easy, like, just like, okay, just buy buy this fucker out. You know, let us do mm-hmm. our shit. Because they don't live yeah. in the online world. Uh. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I don't know whether they are hardcore Balenciaga fans listening. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, any of those kind of brands. Because uh, they so probably have the, the moolah. You say, you say they're being run, is basically all these luxury brands are being run by boomers uh, it, who don't know better. Uh, I mean, people who maybe not that tech savvy, like you can be a younger mm. person and not be tech savvy. Uh, That's see, possible. Yeah. That's possible. I think I think what you're calling out is that they 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 come from a very uh, they 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 operate in a very uh, different stratosphere from yeah, the rest of society. So they yeah, might not yeah. understand how certain you know PR disasters work and all that. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly, mm. exactly. But also, there's a big stereotype. Like, I don't know that maybe Balenciaga. There's this machine learning department. Where next time when you buy a handbag from them, you don't even need yeah. to think about what you're gonna take from your handbag. They just yeah. some a bot just comes out and passes it to you, la. <laughs> Yeah. So right. so yeah. That's so yeah. Information information arbitrage, la. That's what we're advocating. Information arbitrage, correct, correct. Yeah. Information yes. arbitrage. Uh, uh, yeah, man. So that's the end of topic, but we always and we always go to our community and ask mm. what is your one shot comment? Uh, my one show comment is more like the the fact that over the past week I saw more, a few people uh share our podcast on Insta stories, which is great. Um, oh really? Yeah, yeah, they did, they did. Uh, share our episodes. Um, I think uh there were two. One was I mean all long time listeners of of fans uh of, mm. of our podcast, and one of them I won't mention the name, but he said he was playing it on his office speaker to wow. spread the word. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So uh, so hopefully your colleagues didn't just listen lah. Hopefully you stole their phones and and got them to follow us on their podcast platforms. But but yeah, just yeah. people sharing it, uh, not just um like by word of mouth, but actually on their social media. No, I, I love the idea that that people are playing it at the workplace. You know, on mm. blaring it out on speakers or something, because that's so old school. That's like how radio used to be, like, Right? Yeah, everyone yeah, exactly. would listen to the same songs and the same DJs and. Listen to song dedications and all that, and then be like, yeah. "Oh, who is this? Hey, who is this? Yeah, who yeah, is this? What kind, of, what kind of fucking voices are these on on the radio, right?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, man. What about what about you, man? My one should comment is I think we someone uh I think resident district fourteen uh put up put a post saying call please call Minister Shamugam to your podcast or any other minister slash MPs lah. And uh, so I thought that was an interesting comment. That's why I, I kind of responded asking what exactly do people want to see uh, when the minister comes on our podcast? Because I don't think it's that 
big an event or a big rarity when a minister comes on a podcast because we've seen it we've seen it on other podcasts other in podcasts, Singapore yeah, yeah, yeah. even Joanne Pay's podcast and all that right um, but I, I do feel like yeah la, there is when people come on our podcast it, we, the, we I think we try to engage them on a slightly different level mm. uh, you know uh, to, to really drill deep into into the psyche of this of the people that we talk to so I'm also curious like what why um the resident district uh fourteen was asking asking for more ministers or, or MPs to be on the podcast. La. So so then mm. then some other people have commented on on based on that and uh yeah, it's it's quite interesting responses. So yeah, we are gonna be having someone who falls within the category come on our podcast sometime soon. soon. We hope we hope. Fingers yeah, crossed. we hope, we hope, we hope. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, let's not jinx and, it. Let's not jinx it like the weather, man. <laughs> yeah, let's not jinx it. Yes, but um, I mean, the, we we know that the the ministers know of our podcast, so mm. hopefully, yeah, hopefully they they come on. Mm. Uh, because mm. it'll be fun, like be fun. It will yeah, be, be interesting. Fun. Cool. Uh, yes. So, what All is right. your one shop thing? Would you like to go first? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a YouTube channel called The Local mm. Project. That I just started watching a few of their videos, but um, apparently it's a tri-annual magazine based out of Australia. I think an independent mm. magazine. Uh, mm. They focus on how, I mean, just this this is their byline, right? They explore how locally, how locality shapes design, interior design and architecture. So, you know, compared to typical real estate videos, which are, are just about, um, oh, look at how luxurious this thing is. Oh, look at the size of the balcony. Or look at the view from the balcony on that. Um, what's interesting in this project, they look at houses in Australia. And you know, Australia has a lot of like nature, right? They look mm. at interesting houses that that really try to blend into uh blend into the locality like, that is based in like. so for example, the latest video is about how an architect designed a home that is is almost like it's growing out of a mountain in New Zealand, like, you know. The way mm. it's the way it's built, the way it's uh blend blends in and everything, and uh yeah, just very beautifully shot, very very scenic, and and really makes you dream about wow, what 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 it's like to live in the live in a place like Australia where there's so much nature and greenery la. Um, oh. So yeah, you know this. So, I, I'm sure, you know, I I'm not the type it? to usually look at interior design or architecture magazines, but when it's when it's made as a video and then they interview the architect or the designer and they talk about the house. Then you understand what they think when they are talking about a house. I, th- I feel that that's a lot more interesting than watching some uh, property real estate agent kind of video. Like. Property limb brothers all. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not shitting yeah. on them. I mean, they have a job to yeah. do to sell houses. Yeah, but yeah. if you really want to like really understand the thought process behind, between, behind the design of a house, you know, these videos are great. Uh. Actually, actually, it's that sort of philosophy that also made me more interested in like food. Uh, it was when mm. my fiance like introduced me to Chef's Table because that's mm. exactly what they do, right? They focus on a dish, yes, but they also understand the story of why the chef made the food that way and the meaning attached to it. Like, and that was like, I was like, mm. oh shit, this is not just something they make. It's like, like, like it's a lot of themselves in it. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I think architecture actually, yeah, it's quite, I'm guessing the homes are quite insane, lah, right? I mean, they're definitely not the homes that you afford on a you know a median median income kind of salary, lah, right? But yeah. then again, this is in, not in Singapore; it's in Australia. So I, I don't know what the prices are, but the places that these houses are located are pretty amazing as well, lah. What's the channel called again? Local what? The the local project. Wow, cool, yeah. yeah. It's got about. I mean, you you can go to Instagram, but I just feel like the video experience really makes you really feel the emotion of uh, living in spaces like that. Lah. Yeah. Mm. Wow, mm. Cool, cool. So check it out. What cool. is your yeah. one shock thing? My one shock thing is also incidentally a YouTube channel. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I think I was just, uh, it came up on my feed a few days ago and I remember seeing mm. it when it first came up nine years ago. No? And it's nine a years. local YouTube channel. It's called okay. the Emotionless Singaporean. <laughs> Have you heard of it? Uh, I familiar, think, familiar. I think last time we talked about it, it's basically, it was released in 2013. I think around the time where Singapore was, a lot of articles saying we are the most emotionless people in, in the world. Uh. Mm. So it was this one dude um, from Singapore, I assume, just with 
if uploading videos that are 15 minutes long call like mm. emotionless Singaporean having a great time during lunch break. And it's just <laughs> him sitting at like Chevron house yeah. uh, with a blank face um, and it never cuts away and it's 15 minutes long la, and it's fucking hilarious. Mm. But I see, I see. I'm just surprised that like this video has uh how many views? It has 187 views. He has eight mm. subscribers. But to me, it's like, yo man, this is good fucking shit. It's fucking hilarious. I love okay. it. I've never, I've never come across like, this before. Yeah. I think I've oh, never, you never come, come across, across this before. It's damn no, funny because no, no. the videos are well shot. It's just a, yeah. a, a shot just on him. Then there's Emotionless Singaporean, a fun day at Orchard Road. Emotionless yeah. Singaporean, a fun day at a Kopitiam. Yeah. But and, is he still, is he very yeah. prolific? Is he still producing? No, no, no. no. He just made like six videos nine years ago. Oh, and probably see, he was like, nobody gives a shit. So <laughs> nine years later, man, <laughs> you're going to get a boost. You're going to get a boost five. in your views thanks to our wonderful listeners. Go and yeah. show him some love, man. I wonder what he's doing yeah. now. He's going to revive, revive, guys, his, yeah. uh, revive his YouTube <laughs> ambitions, all right? Yeah, there's a emotionless yeah. Singaporean. Uh, Interesting. Power, power. Cool, man. Cool. Cool. All right, that's 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 it for the midweek podcast, man. On to the next one.